welcome to the Mac Review Podcast. The Mac Review Podcast is an overview of my thoughts of the major Apple news that happened throughout last month. It will be released at the start of every month. Additional episodes may also be released if and when Apple hosts an event or introduces new products. Unlike my other podcasts, the Mac Review Podcast will only be hosted by myself and may, once in a blue moon, have a guest or two on. Here is the episode. So April was mostly about the Apple Spring Loader event and then one week later the release of iOS 14.5 and Mac OS 11.3. At the Spring Loader event, they originally the rumors were saying that it was going to be an iPad event but eventually we got a lot more than that. We had a new iPhone, we had new Macs, we had new iPads and a bunch of other accessories like the AirTags, the iMac, the Burberry phone, and uh, obviously the M1 iPad Pro. So this AirTags thing was actually rumored since 2019. And um, we knew about it because <clears throat> um, this company called Tao made a big uh, deal about Apple approaching its uh, software engineer and then saying that Apple is uh, a monopoly because they are going to introduce something that is like Tau but a lot better. So I mean they are, they are, even today Tau is on this stupid collation called the Collation for App Fairness whereby the main members are idiots like Spotify, uh, Epic and Tau who claim that uh, Apple is not uh, playing by the rules but that is another story for another day. Let's just say that if you look at the competing product, Tau, firstly, it doesn't have um, the U1 chip, which means even if uh, your tracker is nearby with Tau, you are unable to find the exact location. But for AirTags, right, what happens is that if you have a 11, iPhone 11 and iPhone 12, you can use it to pinpoint exactly where the item is. Which means if you stick an air tag to your remote control and it drops in between your couch using your iPhone you will be able to find your remote control every single time not to mention the fact that it has a small speaker and then you can ring the air tag to help find it so I mean um, that in itself is a lot better than Tau there are a bunch of Tau products on the market uh, most of which, even the most expensive one doesn't have a U1 chip and the cheaper ones, right, you can't even change the battery but the AirTags, you can change the battery basically it's powered by a CR2032 then the battery is like one or two dollars that you can buy in any shop like Daiso or even Value Shop for very little money and uh, when was the last time you actually have Apple releasing something where you can change the battery. It has been a very, very long time. I mean, the only Apple product I use on a daily basis that can change the battery is the aluminum uh, wireless keyboard. The Bluetooth wireless keyboard that was released for the original 2007 uh, iMac. Hmm? Was it released for 2007 iMac? No, 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 no. Okay, I got it together with um, my 2014 uh, Retina iMac, which means it was the main keyboard uh, in the early 2010s yeah that still hold AA batteries 
So this AirTags is definitely the only Apple product in recent history to have in, uh, replaceable batteries. The old towels, you literally, after the battery dies, you have to throw them away. The AirTags, you just buy a new battery. And uh, compared to this towel thing, especially in Singapore when there are not a lot of people using towels, what happens is that towels can only identify its location through other towel owners. So if you don't have a lot of towels uh, in the country, you're not going to find your item, even if you use the product. So it's completely useless. I mean, um, if you are a Singaporean, you probably would already have been issued something like that. The COVID-19 uh, tracker thing that the government is giving out is literally uh, exactly the same thing. It's a Bluetooth tracker. It works by pinging off other Bluetooth trackers. So if you don't have uh, similar uh, items on your network, you are not likely to find your uh, missing item in the first place. The attack, however, actually uh, runs off not just other attacks, but every single Bluetooth item that Apple makes, including your iPhones, your Macs, your iPads. And there are a lot of iPhones and iPads and Macs around Singapore and other countries. When your AirTag is in the vicinity of other Apple products, it's going to ping itself uh, and then you will be able to locate where the AirTag is through triangulation. And so it makes the AirTag a lot more useful than a competing um, item like Tau. So seriously speaking, if you have 29 USD or in Singapore money, um, $45 each to spend on uh, something to track maybe your wallet or your bag, if you keep misplacing them all the time, you should buy the AirTag. You definitely have to buy the AirTag because Bluetooth trackers only work when there are a lot of other Bluetooth trackers in the same network all around where you are going. Plus, um, uh, Apple actually worked with uh, Google on the COVID-19 exposure notification system, which basically, uh, basically uses the same network to ping each other off to see whether you, uh, um, whether somebody infected has actually come into contact with somebody else. It uses the same uh, network, the Find My network, to find other people who have come into contact if you are infected with COVID-19. They have already tested for the last year, so uh, the release of the attacks right now is actually a very, very good time, which means that they have already tested and tried the network's uh, capability to find items and to find infected people or to find the people who have come into contact with you. That is attacks. And for 29 USD, it is Apple's cheapest, one of Apple's cheapest products in a very, very long time. Um, because uh, they are just like white patches, white circular batches looking thing you should always try to get them engraved since apple is uh providing the free engraving i purchased one to test out because i don't really lose a lot of things all the time maybe once in a while uh i have my engraved which is why until today i still don't have them yet i'm expecting them later this week though hopefully they come soon and i can try them out i can try mine out 
Next, Apple introduced the purple iPhone 12 and 12 mini. Like, seriously, man, why did they not introduce the purple iPhone right from the start last year? If you look at the color selection for the iPhone 12 and the iPhone 12 Pro, let's not talk about the Pro because the purple iPhone is not, uh, the purple color is not available on the 12 Pro and the 12 Pro Max. It's only available on the normal 12 and the 12 mini. I have a 12 mini and my 12 mini is in blue but it's in a very very dark blue it is not my favorite shade of blue originally the rumors were saying that it was going to be a very sky blue color that looks like the blue that you can find on the iPad Air but eventually turned out to be dark and if you look at the whole uh, color selection of the iPhone 12 I don't know if any color stands out. The green is boring, the red is just red, and black is black, and I mean the best color is blue, but it's not the best shade. If the purple iPhone was released last year, I would have picked the purple straight away because it would be so much better than the rest. I mean, I like the purple iPhone 100 times better than I like my blue iPhone. I have considered, um, you know, selling my blue iPhone 12 mini and getting the purple iPhone 12 mini. But it is a lot of money. You are going to lose a lot of money if you do that. You know, especially when it's, what, four months to next iPhone. Uh, I don't know what to say about a purple iPhone. It's, it's going to be, it's the nicest, it's the nicest iPhone color in a very long time. Other than the uh, blue iPhone uh, 10R, but because it's released mid cycle, I have no idea how many people are going to buy it. It is going to be the best looking iPhone that doesn't have a lot of owners. <sighs> and speaking about purple, um, Apple seems to have put a lot of purple in uh, its marketing materials recently. Uh, other than a purple iPhone, there were a bunch of PR slides that were a PR slides and images that were released that had purplish uh, looking backgrounds all over it. So I don't know what's going on with the purple thing, but uh, purple is my second favorite color behind blue. Specific shade of blue. Of, of course, also a specific shade of purple. But uh, I hope there's a lot more purple coming. Uh, especially, I, I I won't complain if they going uh, if they put purple as the main color for iOS fifteen, or even iOS, um, macOS twelve. Then we of course have the iMacs. Oh man, they are so nice. I have nothing to say. I mean, when the rumors were out that they were going to be colored, as in there'll be a lot of colors for the iMacs. Uh, I believed it. I believe it, but I could not imagine how nice they will be. Eventually, when they release the IMAX, I mean, later this month, we will see how exactly how nice the colors are. But from what from Apple's renders, they look pretty good. There were in total six colors and a non-color, <laughs> according to uh, Jason Snell. Okay, so the non-color basically is gray and or silver. It's it's not nice. I mean, unless you 
have no joy in your life. There's no reason for you to buy the silver one. The silver one is boring, boring, boring. If, if you own a silver M1 iMac 24 inch, you are going to tell the whole world <laughs> that you are a boring person. <laughs> so it's probably not a good idea. Out of all the colors, I like the blue and the purple. As I said, these are my two favorite colors. Um, I will personally, if I go, uh, if I were to buy one of them, I will personally buy the purple one, mainly because it's um the more limited color. So uh, out of the seven colors, only silver, blue, uh, green, and pink are available in store and at retail. Which means that if you want purple, yellow, and orange, you will actually have to order them online from Apple directly. I don't know if they will be available from like Amazon or other online retailers, but from what we know right now, at least for now, it they are going to be uh, limiting the three colors to online. Plus, in the first place, you cannot buy uh, the three colors unless you buy the second or the third tier of the M1 uh, IMAX. Uh, which means that if you want to have a cheap, cheap iMac, you must select from silver blue, pink, and green. I mean, if I were to change, uh, if I were to choose from those four, it would be the blue, of course. Uh, but still, you know, try to get a purple. The problem with, there's no problem. This is a replacement product for the 21.5 inch iMac. Like the Intel iMacs, right, they are, uh, they are separated into the 21.5 inch iMacs and the 27 inch iMacs. And since the past, the difference in power between the, uh, the two sizes are very apparent. So this 24 inch is a replacement for 25. And of course, it is using a lower power chip compared to whatever is going to be released uh, maybe during WWDC or later this year. So right now, um, they are going to use the same M1 chip as the MacBook Air and the Mac Mini. And therefore, the people on the internet writing articles that says that, Oh no, what has Apple done with the iMac? It has dumbed down the iMac. It has shrunk the iMac. These people are idiots, including the article I read from Macworld UK. These people are idiots. They blew up the iMac. <laughs> No, actually, it's actually the same size. It's about the same uh, physical size as the 21.5-inch uh, iMac because the bezels between the uh, uh, beside the screens have all shrunk. And uh, compared to the old 4K screen, with the increase in screen size, you get an increase of resolution to 4.5K. Uh, and the M1 CPU itself, the M1 system on the chip is so powerful that well, they find it to be uh, suitable for the 24-inch. So this is the correct CPU for the correct computer. If you want a more powerful iMac, or if you are a current 27-inch iMac owner like myself, you should probably wait for the end of the year or maybe even early next year. Hopefully not early next year. I mean, I, I really want to buy a new iMac uh, to get an iMac with a bigger screen and a more powerful CPU and GPU. I mean, the rumors were saying that it's slightly, probably going to be bigger than 27 inch or even maybe 30 inch or even 32 inch. That will be fantastic. 
you can never have enough screen space. You can never have enough display. I have written an article on whether you should buy the 24-inch uh, iMac on macreview.com. So you should read it if you are thinking of, but not sure if you should if you should buy this iMac or wait for a more powerful iMac or iMac Pro that's coming later this year. So the next item, uh, the iPad Pro. Basically, 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 right from the start, this spring loaded event was rumored to be an iPad only event. Which makes no sense because there is no way Apple will actually just uh, run one whole event for one single product. So I was quite surprised eventually when they got all these uh, iMacs, iPros, uh, iMacs and iPads and the iPhone and the AirTags of course uh, in this event. But the big news, the so-called big news of this uh, iPad Pro release is that the iPad Pro is now using the M1 chip. Okay, what does that mean? In the first place, the M1 chip is based off a A14. If you remember the original Mac Mini uh, development kits that Apple sent to its developers were all based off, uh, were all running A14s. So when the M1 came out, we found that basically it's a A14 is based off the A14 chip design with more Mac specific features like um, the more RAM, basically like you know the 8 gig and the 16 gig of RAM. And uh, what they are really saying is that this new iPad Pro is not going to be using a Mac specific chip but they are going to use what was originally going to be called the A14X. The, the, X, uh, the A14X or maybe the A12X or even the A12Z, all these uh, chips are basically uh, based off the original uh, A14 or A12 or A13 design that, were, that always debuts in uh, the iPhones every year. And then they add more cores, they add more GPUs, and then they give it an X at the end of the CPU to indicate that this is a different, uh, a more powerful version of the original A14 or A12 chip that debuts in the iPhone, that is being used in the iPhones. And um, their naming of the iPad Pro uh, A14X to M1 basically means that they are going to use the same uh, M1, the Mac variant of the A14X chip. There is no A14X chip, what am I talking about? Okay. They are going to use the same uh, silicon that is being used in the Mac in the iPad Pro as well. It makes you wonder if they are going to put the M1 in the iPad Air. But from what I think, from what I am seeing is that Apple's cheap strategy going forward could be that they will have the A series chip in the iPhone, the normal iPads, maybe even the iPad mini and the iPad Air. So all these four items are going to be using the default A chips like 
that comes out that debuts every year with the new iPhones. But because the iPad Pro is a pro product, their way of differentiating that from the iPad Air might be that they would use the same silicon that goes into a Mac Mini, a 24-inch iMac, and a, iPad, uh, a MacBook Air and a MacBook Pro 13-inch uh, on the iPad Pro. And of course, add Thunderbolt 3. Uh, other than restricting it to USB-C. Is there an issue here? Obviously, it makes the iPad Pro more powerful. But the iPad Pro doesn't need to be more powerful because even right now, uh, the lowest, the cheapest iPad can run all your iPad software very well. Unless Apple comes up with more demanding apps or a more powerful operating system, you're just going to be buying an iPad Pro uh, with a lot of power to do nothing much on. I have the 2018 11-inch uh, iPad Pro and even until today, it's super fast for running everything I need it to run. I'm not the kind of people who thinks that Mac is Mac only and then iPad is only good for consumption. But um, even when using demanding, supposedly demanding apps like uh, video editing apps on my 11-inch iPad Pro, it is still very, very, very fast. There is no slowdown. If there is no slowdown, will you need a new iPad? I don't know. Which is why they have this new mini LED screen in the 12.9-inch iPad Pros. That was always going to be the headlining feature of the new iPad Pros that are out today. The iPad Pro 12.9 inch uh, went on pre-order I think a few days ago and already the 12.9 inch is being sold out with shipping dates like in June or even July. So you are going to wait a long time if you want the 12.9 inch iPad Pro. I need, I don't need, I don't need, sorry. <laughs> I want a 12.9 inch iPad Pro. I used to love the 11 inch, but recently I have grown to like 12, uh, the 12.9 inch screen, uh, screen size. I have an original 12.9 inch iPad Pro, which by now is a, two, it's a 2015 model, which by now is it's slightly slower. I wouldn't say that it's very slow because it's, it's slightly slower. It's running an A9. And uh, what would I say? Um, I would prefer having a faster 12.9 inch iPad Pro, but I'm not going to buy it now. Especially with for the 12.9 inch, there was a increase in price across the line of hundred US a uh, hundred USD for the mini LED display, which means that if I'm going to buy the 25 and 25 256 gigabyte model wi-fi model i don't use the cellular ones um it will cost me a slightly less than 1.8k singapore dollars and that does not include the keyboard and i have grown to like the magic keyboard with the ipad pro 11 inch 
So if I were to buy a 12.9 inch iPad Pro, I'll probably get the Magic Keyboard as well. There are a lot of people complaining, complaining, complaining about the fact that the, 12, the new 12.9 inch iPad Pro requires a new uh, Magic Keyboard because it's slightly thicker. <sighs> I don't know what to say about that, but if you were somebody uh, who has purchased iPad Pros before and you have been buying the smart keyboards, you will have noticed that the lifespan of the smart keyboards for each iPad Pro model is always very, very, very short. There is no, uh, what do you call it? There is no confirmation. Uh, there is no, uh, there's nothing to tell you that the current um, smart keyboard or magic keyboard that you have for your particular iPad can work for the next iPad that is coming up. You should always consider the price of the accessories when you are buying an iPad Pro. I mean, before the event, there were rumors saying that there might be an Apple Pencil 3. So if the Apple Pencil 3 comes out during this event, and then they say that oh, the new iPad Pros need the Apple Pencil 3. Are you going to scream as well? Let's just say that there are a lot of ways to get discounts on the iPads and the iPads Pro, uh, iPad Pros and the accessories. And if you want, you know, Google is your friend. So that's basically it for the Spring Loaded event. Uh, most of the products, no, half the products announced were already out. Basically the AirTags and uh, the Purple iPhone. But the iMac and the iPad Pro, you will probably uh, see more news or even see actual pictures of the iMacs later this month when they are released. The rumored date, no, it's not rumored anymore. Mm, the official date is 21st. I believe they will have the iMacs and the iPad Pros uh, in the Apple stores on the 21st. But I also believe that um, the shopping sessions for those dates are going to be filled. Which is why I should just take it easy and maybe walk past uh, Apple Orchard and then try to scheme at the actual color of the IMAX when I have the time on the 21st. Then um, iOS 14.5 and Mac OS 11.3 came out uh, last Monday on the, nah, I can't remember the exact date. So with iOS 14.5, that was the main um, that was the main update that a lot a lot a lot of people were waiting for. And because I don't install beta uh, operating systems now nowadays, that is also my first time, uh, my first try with the unlock with Apple Watch feature. I don't I don't think I have to explain what that feature is. But if you are uh, thinking of if you have no absolutely no idea what the feature is about, it's basically that nowadays, because you have to wear your mask, especially in Singapore when people are actually forced, uh, not forced, mm, and forced by law to wear masks. Wearing masks is a good thing. Um, and forced by law to be more hygienic by wearing masks, you can no longer use your Face ID iPhone and unlock your phone using Face ID. You will have to enter the passcode or the password every time you want to say, select a song in Apple Music or uh, read an article 
or even text your friend. And that is really irritating. With Unlock, uh, with Unlock with Apple Watch, once, if you have an Apple Watch Series 3 and later, that means the Series 3, Series 4, Series 5, Series 6, and the SE, you can, uh, so long your Apple Watch is unlocked and on your wrist, you are able to unlock the iPhone by just swiping up. Technically speaking, when it's on your wrist, um, the phone itself is unlocked when you look at it. So when you swipe out, you will be able to uh, see, you will be able to do everything you want to do with your phone, with the exception of uh, using Apple Pay or logging into certain applications like um, Payla or your banking apps. Because this is a different feature. Uh, this is using um, this is using Face ID to lock passwords, and this is using Face ID to uh, access iCloud keychain, and that is not the feature. Unlock with Apple Watch is like unlock your Mac with Apple Watch. Right now, the the level of security for this particular feature is definitely slightly less than uh, Face ID or even Touch ID. In the sense that, technically speaking, uh, you are able to unlock uh, if you have your phone nearby. Which means, let's say for example, your wife is next to you. She is wearing a mask. She has your iPhone. Because you have your iPhone, uh, if, because you have your Apple Watch on, she is able to unlock your phone. Is that a bad thing? I don't know. It's up to you. You can decide whether it's a bad thing. Uh, but... To say the truth, this is a lot more convenient than unlocking your uh, phone using the passcode every single time. So, going forward, unless they decided, uh, unless they decide to put Touch ID under the screen from iPhone thirteen onwards, if not, we definitely need this feature going forward. That is very very important, and if you don't have, if you have always struggled with the problem of unlocking your phone every time you are outside you should install ios 14.5 nowadays uh, not nowadays, immediately <sighs> actually nowadays uh, recently in the recent months there have been a lot of reports about you know um, security holes in safari or ios or even mac os that are actually quite serious which means that uh, it is a good idea to install iOS updates the minute you get them. Of course, with iOS 14.5, there's this thing called the app tracking transparency. Uh, don't bother with it. Basically, it's this new feature where, but not feature, this is new requirement by Apple to force uh, all the apps uh, that were tracking you previously without your knowledge to ask you for your permission. There is a setting in the um, privacy settings on your iPhone to completely reject all requests. Uh, I have an article written on macreview.com. You can check that out. Just reject all uh, requests for app tracking. There is no reason for you to allow apps to track you. There is nothing good about it. Why would you let them track you? They're not paying you. Why will you let them track you? Unless they tell me, okay, uh, can we track you? Every day we'll give you one Singapore dollar. Then I can consider turn, turning on that feature on an iPhone that I don't bring out of the house. <laughs> yeah, there is no absolutely no reason 
for apps to track you or for you to allow apps to track you. The end. Also, if you need more information about Unlock with Apple Watch, I also have an article written on macreview.com. You should check it out. And finally, we come to Mac OS 11.3. Nobody were really talking about Mac OS 11.3. There were no features or rather no notable features uh, being uh, being reduced, eh? being, being, um, <laughs> uh, there are no notable features being announced uh, other than the, you know, allow uh, your ho- um, HomePod minis to act as stereo speakers for your uh, iMac or for your Macs. Previously, that was not possible. You can, you could only airplay uh, music from your Apple Music app. But speaking about the Apple Music app, uh, there were notes that the Apple Music app will be uh, improved somewhat. But that was definitely not the case for the Apple Music app on Mac OS 11.13, uh, 11.3. Since Mac OS Catalina, there is this big, big issue whereby if you load your iTunes library, or if you load your Apple Music, previous Apple Music library, uh, you can select, uh, so, uh, let's say for example, when you turn on, uh, when you open the app, uh, if you hold down option when you open the app, you are able to select uh, music libraries that are not, uh, um, that are from a lo- other location than your music folder. Say if you have your music library on a hard disk, then you can uh, option click to open the app and then have them select your uh, external hard disk uh, music library as your main music library. The problem here is that with Catalina and with the introduction of the Apple Music app for macOS, there has been uh, a lot of bugs in loading of the album art. If you are not, uh, if you are, if you have a music library that does not consist of Apple music streaming, Basically, your iTunes library, your old iTunes library, or if you read your songs from the past whereby huh, um, you have to put in your own album art or maybe the album art was already embedded in the files that you download from iTunes or some, uh, somewhere else. iTunes in the past had no problems with loading all the album art. But with Apple Music, more than 50% of the time, Loading of the album art will fail. Sometimes it will fail for the whole library. Sometimes it will fail for some. Or sometimes it will, uh, it will fail for some songs in the album. That is extremely irritating. What happens is that when you sync your music library into your iPhone, all these um, songs with missing album art is going to show up as missing album art. You will no longer see the album art. And if you are the kind of people whereby your whole music library is full of album art, you are going to be extremely pissed off. I have found that uh, throughout, um, since Mac, it's really more than two years since Mac uh, OS Catalina is out. And I've already found many, many bug reports. Nobody at Apple seems to give a them. Eventually, I researched and researched and researched and found the only solution. The only solution to this big issue is to use iTunes. In the first place, I have no idea why they gave up on iTunes. iTunes is great. 
Do you think syncing with uh, your Finder is a better experience? Definitely not. Syncing with iTunes is the only way out, at least for now, until they fix Apple Music. Um, to install iTunes on Pixel and Catalina, you can make use of this uh, app called Perspective, eh? Retrospective. Okay, it's at version 1.9 now. It's basically an app uh, created by a, a developer that allows the installation of previous versions of iTunes on your uh, Mac OS Catalina and Mac OS Pixel. And you can even install things like uh, iPhoto, the old iPhoto, not the Photos app, iPhoto, or even Aperture. And that's really great. I still use uh, Retrospective to run Aperture right now. Uh, but uh, technically speaking, you know, it's probably time to switch to uh, photos. But iTunes, iTunes is important. By installing iTunes, I was able to uh, have all the elbow art in my library restored. Oh, saying that they were restored by iTunes is slightly wrong. What happened was that if you look at your finder, you'll be able to see that all the album art were actually still embedded in the music files. But for some reason, Apple Music does not recognize that. And it will not sync the album art when you sync to your iPhone. By installing iTunes 12.9.3 or something like that, you are able to sync to your iPhone, not using Finder, using iTunes, and have all the proper album art show up in your iPhone. I was hoping 11.3 will have them fix the Apple Music bug, but it did not happen. There's nothing I could do about it. I just found another bug report to Apple. I don't know if we, they will ever care or if they will ever fix the bug. I guess their end, their end game is for everybody to switch to Apple Music. The problem here is that unless you are the default, the average Joe listening to average music available in your country, for example, in Singapore, if you have Apple Music, it's mostly going to be like Chinese pop and Chinese pop and uh, English pop, which I don't listen to. I listen to a lot of Japanese pop. I uh, listen to a lot of Japanese music. I listen to some Cantonese music and I listen to almost no Chinese or English music. So I have to buy my music. I have to read my music from elsewhere. I have to buy CDs. And having a physical library is very important to me. Okay, that's it for episode one. Um, I'm still not used to talking to myself and recording in the one person format. But hopefully I get better with time and um, this podcast will definitely be updated regularly. So don't worry. Lastly, if you uh, still have no idea, um, my blog is, uh, is at macryu.com, M-A-C-R-Y-U.com and you can find me on Twitter. My handle is R-Y-U-W-O-R-K-S. Yep, that's all. See you next month.